cutting room combos may not be suitable for younger listeners. In addition to a language advisory, this podcast may contain themes that may be sensitive or triggering to some of our listeners. Uh, listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever time it is you're listening to us, or if you're just waking up. Uh-huh. Welcome to Cutting Room Convos. <laughs> I'm Yasmin, and Freddy Krueger is the man of my dreams. <laughs> oh my god, I get it. That's so funny. I'll see but myself also out. real cheesy. Yeah, you can leave now. <laughs> I'm Jenny, and don't fall asleep. I'm I'm Matt, and one two. Freddie's coming for you. Oh, <laughs> man! Welcome back, welcome returning back. guest. I'm so excited to have you here, especially talking about Freddy Krueger. Um, and we're obviously going to be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, the original, directed by, of course, the amazing Wes Craven. <laughs> and for those who haven't seen it, of course, it's about a uh, teen who is tortured by an entity who dwells in her dreams. And they later find out who he is and why he's just torturing all these teens in their dreams. Uh, so, um, what do you guys think of this movie? Before I go over Wait, a summary. Before, before we talk about the movie, can I just address that oh. your voice does sound different today? Oh, great. Don't get startled, everybody. That's still <laughs> Yasmin, I promise. It's the nightmares screaming. <laughs> yeah, I'm not possessed or anything, you know, whatever. Not, not this time. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, yeah, go ahead. What are your opinions? Uh, first of all... Thanks for having me back. I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> this was the, our, our first one uh, was was pretty great. It was uh, which which was it the first or the second movie for Halloween? <sighs> the newer ones was it Halloween Ends? Not ha- or Halloween? Um, what was which kills. one? Halloween, Halloween kills. kills, right? Halloween, Halloween kills. Ends is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Halloween Kills, that was great. Yeah, Evil Dies Tonight and all that jazz. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, Never forget. But yeah, I'm super happy to be back. 1984 is a sneaky year. A lot oh. of great stuff happened that year. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, awesome movie. Um, so just quick, my quick thoughts on it. Um, I uh, I uh, haven't seen it in a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, I used to, when I was a kid, I had the uh, my older sister, ten years older than me. She had a boyfriend who had the Freddy Krueger box set, so he had like all oh, the DVDs uh, with the 3D cool, glasses yeah. in it and stuff. So I watched Ooh. that, and I grew up on that. Um, and uh, I think Dream Warriors, I think it's the fourth one. That one's my favorite. But yes, but I haven't seen the first one in a long time, Mm -hmm. and uh, I forgot how stripped down and non comedic Freddy is in the original one, Mm -hmm. and just how much more menacing and like I guess serious, or at least they were trying to make it serious. It was, (laughs) and then it became a lot funnier over the years. But um, (laughs) that's a really good movie, it gets written well, a lot of good themes in there, you know, good design. Good, I mean, it still holds up. I I had a good time watching it, me too. This is this was actually my first time watching it. I'm so this glad. is my second movie with Freddy in it. The first one I ever saw was Freddy vs. Jason. Jason. Mm-hmm. And so so having that impression of him first, you're right. It's like completely... He's not funny in this one. He's serious and he's like a threat. Mm. So <laughs> it was... I loved it. I, would, I wouldn't mind watching it again. I'm going to add it to the list of favorite movies, especially during Halloween time type movies. I am so glad. And I have <laughs> lots of thoughts about dreams. So oh, oh, here we, we can go. get to that later. <laughs> Well, of course, I love this movie, and uh, Jossie and I grew up together just, like, watching. She had the box set, too, but mm. I don't think she had the 3D glasses, but that's pretty cool. That'd be cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, bring, bring 3D back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we would just watch the movies, like, just back to back, and <laughs> I'm just going to bring up this little memory. It was great. We were watching one of the movies. I forgot which one. 
and uh, all of a sudden we see my dad's shadow <laughs> just like leaving from the hallway and into my room and I'm just like Jossie I know I've seen him just walking there and, I, and we know he's trying to scare us mm. and then like we were watching with a friend of hers at the time and all of a sudden she just like jumps right on top of us on the couch like oh my god I just saw your dad <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, no, Dad, come out now with our pillows just, you know, over our faces and everything. Dad, don't scare <laughs> us. And all of a sudden we see, like, a shadow of, like, a fedora hat and a sweater with clinking spoons. Clink, 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 just coming spoons? after us. Clinking spoons. Clinking spoons. I'm not, not even kidding. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> so that was, that was a great moment. But, yeah, best uh, Freddy moment for me. That's Loved amazing. it. <laughs> so... Let's uh, try to go over the summary really quick. Uh, I'll try not to take too long. Um, so the movie starts out with um, who we don't know yet is Freddy uh, making his weapon, the uh, glove oh, with the knives very on it. Coraline. And I always compare opening sequences that have like creative beginnings, like creating <sighs> beginnings. Crafts, arts it. and crafts. <laughs> Coraline, I'm so mad at you. I know, I still gotta watch it. <laughs> she fell asleep. I, I can't help it. Don't fall asleep. The, don't, don't fall, fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> I'd be the first victim in this movie, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and after they show Freddie making the knife in this boiler room setting, then it shows the title sequence and whatnot. Um, and then uh, we get introduced to the first character named Tina, who is, uh, you know, in a nightgown, walking around in a strange place she doesn't know, and clearly it's her nightmare. She discovers this uh, boiler room, and um, she then wakes up all of a sudden with slashes in her gown. Mm. Um, yeah, very steampunk of him to have a boiler room, <laughs> copper tones, rivets. It really is, though. Yeah. Especially the style of his glove. Like it's Oh, yeah. Really, oh, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> Don't we have one? Uh, probably. Okay. We do, we do. <laughs> So um, after uh, Tina wakes up from her nightmare, um, we get transitioned into the next day, and we get introduced to more characters, uh, Nancy, Glenn, and Rod, which is Tina's boyfriend. Um, And in that whole scene, Tina's just venting about having her nightmare, and they're all talking about, oh, I'm sure it's just a dream. You know, you'll be fine. (laughs) Everybody has nightmares once in a while. No need to get all hot and bothered, Tina. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Nancy. (laughs) Um, So then, next transition is uh, having a sleepover at Tina's. um, Because uh, Tina didn't want to sleep alone. Um, And they seem to discover that everyone's having the same dream, except Glenn's just like, that's impossible. Whatever. Um, And then, later on that night, oh, and Rod came in, too, and whatever, they did their thing. Um, (laughs) You know, you know. (laughs) They did their thing. They did their thing. And then Tina has another nightmare when she falls asleep afterward. Um, Meanwhile, Nancy, we notice, is being kind of stalked by Freddy while she's sleeping. Um, But she doesn't seem to have a nightmare just yet. Um, And then we just later on find out back in Tina's nightmare, she's getting chased and she ends up getting killed. Uh, just in real life, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And so Rod saw the whole thing. He freaks it out. It was so drawn out, too. It, oh, it was. Like, that scene was, like, the most memorable for me. I think it was the most chilling. I I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Rod then ran off. Um, Nancy and Glenn find Tina dead. So then uh, Nancy is with her parents at the police station just talking about why she was there. Um, at Tina's house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, next day, Nancy uh, goes to school, even though the parents are like, no, you should stay and sleep. Um, but then she runs into Rod, who ends up getting arrested. Um, and, and Nancy continues going on to school. <laughs> um, Why does she want to go to school so bad? To stay awake? <laughs> uh, I guess so. Because the mom kept saying, like, you were tossing and turning all night. You should stay home and, and sleep. Dude, I would have been like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> no, Nancy would be like, I'll sleep in study hall. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so then, of course, Nancy falls asleep in class, and that's where we see her first nightmare. Um, and she gets to see Freddie a little more for the first time mm -hmm. and gets very scared to the point where she wakes herself up, which I found that to be very smart. Um, I couldn't help but wonder if at that point she was thinking about what would Tina do in this situation, you know, like, I, I better think fast. And she woke herself up by burning herself against one of the poles in that boiler room setting or whatever it was really hot. Um, steamy so, pipes. <laughs> steamy pipes. <laughs> so she woke herself up, she's freaking out in the middle of class, and uh, she ends up just leaving school early and she goes and Elise and is like, what's wrong? Elise, queen, yes. Uh, it's not Elise, her credit I think is just teacher. Just teacher, <laughs> the, <laughs> Lynn Shay. yes. Lynn Shay, yeah, credit <laughs> as teacher. Oh my God, best teacher. Um, so yeah, she leaves school early and, and visits Rod in the jail cell he was in um, to, just to try to find out his view on what happened to Tina. Mm -hmm. um, and so he just basically explains that like what he saw was just cuts happening. Like he, he couldn't yeah. see who was there. At the same time. She's like, what do you mean at the same time? Right. Four. <laughs> Nancy, figure it out. Um, so then transition, uh, Nancy is, you know, in the bathtub and whatever, like falling asleep and shit. And then she gets attacked by Freddy when she falls asleep. Uh, nasty moment, you know, very iconic scene. Very suggestive. <laughs> suggestive. Yeah, flirtatious, if you will. <laughs> With like the camera right in between Nancy's legs and then there goes Freddy's hand uh, <laughs> at the crotch. I was like, uh, no. So, um, yeah, after she was like almost drowning in her bathtub, uh, Later on that night, uh, Glenn, Nancy's boyfriend, in case I didn't mention that earlier, that's probably important. Um, he visits Nancy, of course, through the bedroom window. Is he wearing the cropped jersey at this point? That's important. He is not. We do enjoy a cropped jersey. <laughs> Bring it back. Please. Um, <laughs> so he comes by, and he's supposedly supposed to stand watch while Nancy falls asleep because she has the brilliant idea of going to find Freddy while falling asleep. And, of course, Glenn fucks that up for her. Um, and then next scene, oh yeah, uh, Glenn and Nancy go to the police station to visit Rod again, and while police are dragging ass, you know, to get them to see Rod, Rod, meanwhile, is getting a, a blanket, like, tied around his neck. Oh yeah, <laughs> So Freddy's coming after him in the jail cell while he's falling asleep, and Freddy basically ended up killing Rod to make it look like a suicide in the jail cell. It reminded me, I don't know how to explain it. Huh. I was gonna say it reminded me of Beetlejuice, but I don't know why. Just like the one oh, inanimate the, object moving yeah, around, an animated like yeah, oh, like that yeah. snake thing. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Rod was taken away next, and uh, then they have his funeral. So then at that point, Nancy was trying to tell the parents, like, I know who actually did kill Tina, and and um, they're just like, <gasps> I just had a, oh. I just had a, I have <laughs> gasp. I got a note. Yeah. <laughs> 
So then that's when the parents were like, okay, she got to get some sleep. And the mom's like, I know something better. I'm going to get her help. Uh, honestly, she kind of needed it too, though. Mm -hmm. But we'll save that for later. Um, so then Nancy gets sent to... Honestly, I never knew how to pronounce it, but I just wrote it down, like, because I saw the sign. Kat Katja Institute? Kat Katja. It was, like, for, for sleep... What, what was it called? Sleep studies. Sleep something. studies. Yes. Oh, my God, you scared me. Um, for sleep studies. And um, Nancy Sleep gets monitored, uh, I guess, to detect if she's getting nightmares. Um, but the doctors apparently can't detect it, um, which was weird. No, they could. They just, he was more than a nightmare. Because it was, he's like, if she's dreaming, it's going to be at like a four or five. And it ended up, wait, a three it, or four. It was and it ended up at like a seven something. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh my God, how did I not see that? I thought it was a three the whole time because the doctor then was like, wait a minute, something's not right here while, you know. Oh yeah, was it was 0 0.3 the whole time. Oh. And then once the started freaking out, it's, this is why we need visuals for the <laughs> podcast. Once the thingy started freaking out, when I looked back at the screen, it was like a solid number seven or something. Oh my God. That I was probably writing notes at the time that that was happening. That's probably why I didn't see it. I but could be wrong. <laughs> highly intellectual 1980s dream technology, <laughs> sleep sleep monitoring you technology. Just take this to your right. head. Yeah. I'm pretty I, sure it was like an ox cord or something. She's oh really loud God. right now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> also, the doctor's whole dream uh, explanation thing was just it was kind of dragging on while the mom is just smoking a cigarette in the lab. He wasn't wrong though. Yeah. Yeah. It he was really did. Shit. He like mentioned like light sleep, deep sleep. R.E.M. Hmm. All, all he right. wrong with any of that. Because well, I have a degree cool. in psychology. <laughs> so Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, so then uh, Nancy's having her nightmare in that sleep lab or whatever, and she pulls a, a Freddie's hat out of the fucking blanket. Like She's like, oh, my God, I pulled okay, that out of the Okay, that's not what you wrote down on your notes. Please yeah, read right. me your notes. I wrote she pulled it out of her ass. Nancy pulls Freddie <laughs> hat, Freddie's hat out of... What? <laughs> pulled, pulled Freddie's hat out her ass. Which means that Freddie's head was up her ass when oh, she woke up. Oh, okay. You see, and she clinched, and, and she pulled the hat out. What he was trying to do in the bathtub. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, God. She woke up and said, what, what the fuck is this? Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. I thought I was imagining that. Gross. <laughs> so, in the next scene, Nance, uh, sorry, Nancy's mom was acting strange the next day, and her and... And Nancy are arguing like, oh, you got to sleep. No, screw sleep. And uh, the mom is like freaking out about like, oh, Freddie can't kill you. And she's like, wait a minute. You knew about him and you acted like I was making it up. So Nancy's all pissed off. And honestly, she was acting in a way that I would when I don't get enough sleep. So I don't blame her. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. Proven. Um, so Relatable. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> So next scene, uh, Glenn and Nancy are just talking about like dream skills and he's just giving her like some advice about like how to handle her nightmares and shit. And he just mentions about how they turn away from the thing that is scaring them. So I thought that was a little moment of foreshadowing. That was cool. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Nancy gets home to barred windows and a drunk mother. Uh, and she gets all creepy, like, come downstairs, I need to show you something. And that's when Mommy's confession begins. At first I thought that was a dream, because she just said it so calmly. Right? Like, Take a drag from her cigarette with a bottle, and she's like, follow me. And goes down the stairs, and I'm just like, are you going to follow her, for real? 
Right, like, that's not creepy at all. Um, so basically, the mom confessed that the, Freddy Krueger was a child murderer, and uh, all the parents uh, went after him because, what, what was it? that He killed kids. Well, well, yeah, he killed kids, and oh, he was on oh, trial. Yeah. yeah, and that everything went good except for one missed signature is what she said. So like he was set the right free. Place. They signed yes. it in the wrong place, and he was free by morning. <laughs> the next day, he was out. Great storyteller, though, so isn't dramatic. she? Yes. Oh, very dramatic. Oh, my God, I couldn't. <laughs> but, yeah, so she basically said, you know, Freddy can't hurt you because Mommy killed him. Like, honestly, you can never forget a line like that. That is just iconic. <laughs> Um, so then she's just like, well, so please just get some sleep. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Nancy calls Glenn, you know, from across the street because, you know, he can't visit her now to her bedroom window. Um, and, uh, they call each other and talk about finally getting this guy, um, Freddie, in case you guys haven't figured it out. Um, and she warns him, do not fall asleep. And of course, what does he do? He falls asleep. And then at that point, Nancy's like not able to get in contact with him. The parents are like, yeah, no, he just, he's asleep. Wait until the morning, and especially the dad. Oh my God, I hated the dad. He's like, she's all kooky. It, right, he's like, I don't want that kid with our son. I was just like, shut up. <laughs> Usually those people die in the horror movies. Mm. You would but he think. Lived. All the terrible <laughs> ones lived. Well, uh, we just see him get all miserable and whatnot, seeing Glenn's blood in a bucket. Mm. Sorry, it's kind of skipped there. Spoiler alert. Mm. Um, Glenn falls asleep <laughs> and he dies. <laughs> in the most interesting way, though, he gets yeah. like sucked into his bed along with his big ass TV and all the other stuff that was on the bed, and then the bed just spits up blood on the ceiling. It's like, like a blender. It, that's, yeah. that's what I thought of. Oh. You know, you put your <laughs> strawberries in there, your bananas, add a little bit of almond milk, some honey. Forget the top. And then you click the button. <laughs> <laughs> let's get some smoothies after this. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do, do it. it. Okay. <laughs> so, rest in peace, Glenn. Um, and then that's when uh, Nancy means business, and she does the whole booby trap montage with the yeah. badass 80s music. Very home you know? alone. Yes. Very home alone. Before home alone. Ten years before home alone, yeah. more or less. My God, I can see there's so many movies that like trip inspiration from this. I mean, yeah. if they didn't, then those are some weird-ass coincidences. Because there's a lot in this movie that I can, you know, attach to other movies now. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. You are so right. Yeah. <laughs> it is a cult classic. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. Love it. So, yeah. Um, she sets up her booby traps uh, for Freddy, I guess, whenever she tries to get him from the dream into reality. Um and then, just before that, she gets a little mommy pep talk, even though the mom is drunk off her ass in bed. <laughs> They're locked in the house. The mom, like, lost the key. And it's just unbelievable how much security measures the mom went through to, <laughs> to get like this. Um, so then uh, comes Nancy's nightmare finale. Um, and so she ventures off into her dream and tries to find him and, and whatnot. Eventually, she finds him, tries fighting him off. Um, the alarm clock that she had said went off, and then she wakes up to nothing at first. She's like, oh, my God, you know, I am crazy after all. Then come in the jump scare. There's Freddy from behind the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> and so then he's just, like, chasing her all around the house and shit, but then she, again, set up all these traps leading down to the basement, 
sets his ass on fire and locks him in the basement. This whole time, she's like calling out the window, get my dad, get my dad. And one of the police officers, gee, I wonder what's wrong. I wonder something strange is happening. Maybe I should get the sheriff. Dude, get him oh, at the first yeah. call. <laughs> I loved how she called out in the window, like, get my dad, you asshole. <laughs> I would have been the same way. <laughs> so, yeah. So eventually, after the cops are dragging ass, they break down the door, and then they find that the base room, uh, base room, basement room door was open, and, like, there's, like, you know, fire footsteps leading to the upstairs, and so Nancy and her dad, they're like going up the stairs while the cops are investigating a now empty basement. They go over to the parents' bedroom where the mom was and they find Freddie like on fire while, I, what was he doing? Trying to strangle the, the mom or something? And then- He just he, wanted a hug. <laughs> he just wanted a hug. He needed love. <laughs> he needed, he yeah. went to the wrong place. Right. He's the last person to give anybody comfort. Right. So, uh, poor so, Freddie. <laughs> So then here comes Nancy with a steel chair, bah, and then hits Freddie, but then of course, <laughs> it, it was actually a wooden chair, but still. <laughs> and of course, Freddie like knocks out right on top of the mom, setting her on fire. The dad puts a blanket over, and then magic trick. He cuddles all of them. He cuddles all of them. Oh my God. <laughs> so then Freddie disappears, but then there's the burnt body of the mother suddenly disappearing into the bed. And if I've never... I've seen that, um, I've never seen this movie before, but I've seen Halloween decorations in Halloween stores of that. Oh my god. Like, where it's just like a burnt-ass crispy lady on a bed, mm. and then, like, it sinks into the bed. Like, I've seen Halloween decorations like that. No way. Mm -hmm. Spicy or mild? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Overcooked, no. so it didn't matter. <laughs> Dry as hell. Right. Extra well done. Ugh. Dear god, no ranch on that, please. <laughs> um, at least she marinated in alcohol for a while. <laughs> oh, that's a good Oof. point. Mm. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> so, mom's dead, and the dad finally sees us, you know, after he had been doubting Nancy yeah. throughout this entire movie. Nancy's like, you believe me now? And all that. And then that's when, like, Nancy gets the crazy eye. She's just like, dad, you can go downstairs. I oh, can, yeah. I can handle this. Yeah, I totally mentioned that. I was like, she got crazy in her eyes right yeah. now. Right? I was like, oh, my God. So the dad left, and he you know, dealt, dealt with the police and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, Freddy just comes up from the bed, you know, with the... What, what was that draped over him that he broke through? Was it like a plastic or something? I, I don't even know. Supposedly the bed sheet Looks or like, something. Yeah. <laughs> it was, well, it's kind of... reminded me of the wall when he comes oh, through. Oh, true. When he's going to come mm -hmm. through the wall. Maybe it was ah. something foreshadowing, something like that. But Oh, probably. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so he comes up like behind Nancy and she's just like, I know you're there, Kruger. And he's like, no, you die. And she's just like, yeah, I know you too well now. And she's like, I take away every bit of energy I ever gave you. I want my mom and my friends back. And then by just saying all that and turning around, touching the doorknob, Freddie disappears when he tries to strike at her. That's it. <laughs> she broke up with Freddy Krueger in that moment. <laughs> wow. I've given you too many years. I need to reconnect with my family. Oh, God. And I'm moving back to Minnesota. We're done. <laughs> that kind of fits, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nancy. But yeah, so like then once when she opens the bedroom... Pixels away. <laughs> oh, he pixels. Yeah, that was a bit... <laughs> Poor Freddy. <laughs> Poor Freddy. Oh, and very Willy Wonka when they're like transferring the chocolate bar through the air. <laughs> to oh my the god. Giant. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The TV, the Wonka vision. Thank you. That one. <laughs> he just Wonka visioned away. <laughs> 
they probably stole it. Oh, mm. God. Yeah. yeah. That'd be right. <laughs> so once when Nancy turned around and was like, oh, my God, that actually worked, um, she opened the bedroom door, and then all of a sudden she's standing out in the bright daylight or whatever. It's foggy, but it's still bright. And the, the mom... Like, kind of makes it brighter. It, it does. And she's wearing, it? like, this really, you know, Easter-colored purple. Oh and the mom is wearing something also really light. Very light. I thought she died. I thought it was heaven I, because mm. everything was white. Mm. Oh, that's a good call, though. But, yeah, you, you see the mom alive. Like, I feel like a million bucks. I'm not going to drink anymore. And then you see the friends come in in a car, and, you know, Nancy goes off with them like nothing. And then, of course, you know, you see the red and green, uh, what, what do you call it, the top of the convertible soft top yeah. soft top yeah, yeah. <laughs> windows roll up they're all freaking out like i'm not doing anything the car is running by itself and the mom's just like waving like you kids <laughs> bye and yeah as they're being taken away the mom gets taken all of a sudden through the front door window that's the end mm-hmm. <laughs> very grease when they just go away in their car and you have oh. no idea well oh be together. Come on, guys. Let's go to the sock hop. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, that is Nightmare on Elm Street. And in case if my explanation doesn't do it any justice, go ahead and watch it. <laughs> it's on HBO Max. It's not hard to find. So, yeah. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Unless you want to. <laughs> not opposed. Just not active, you know. Effects. <laughs> I don't have, like, a little theme song for effects still, so... Onto effects. Um, for audio, it's honestly lately audio's been just music based stuff. I, I'm wondering if I should oh, just I call it. Oh, I love the music, music. in this one. I get, isn't it great? Yeah. I love it. There's like a good number of themes in this one that are pretty recognizable. Like what I call the nightmare theme, then. Brilliant. Like a lullaby. Love it. Oh, yeah. You can't forget it. Like, And it's great use for like. Walking around in the nightmare, hence the nightmare theme, or transitioning in scenes. Like, I thought it was a really cool mm -hmm. background. Like, I could sing it in my sleep. Um, that's okay. Don't do I should. That. <laughs> Learn from the movie, Yasmin. Damn it. She's like, all I learned is how to tie a sledgehammer to a <laughs> hanger. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the hardware store after this. Instructions unclear. <laughs> Um, another little theme was the Freddy song, you know, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Mm. You know, I, I won't sing the whole thing. You could look it up on Google. Mm. Um, and then like the, the chasing music, mm. like it's just, it's so chaotic. I, I don't even know what, mu what instruments are used for it. Like, would, do you have any guesses, Matt? For the runaway? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember how that goes. Well, it's very like synth driven. Mm -hmm. I feel That's like there was a weird combination, which it's weird now. It probably wasn't weird at the time, but a weird combination between this reminds me of a cross between the exorcist and Ooh. Terminator, the original Terminator, which came out the same year. Oh my um, God. the, the, the music sound like direction is like a good mix of the two where it's like, you have a classic organ string style, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. then in the context of a synthesizer, they use like a lot of, a lot of like that 80s kind of saw synth um, type of stuff. And it, like, I, I don't know, but I feel like at that time it was probably revolutionary. Mm -hmm. I would think it wasn't very common and it was kind of a new experimental thing, but it very unsettling, especially the sub mix or the sub 
uh, synth with a bassier tone, like adding oh kind of like a bassy aesthetic to it, and then those like high pitched parts when he was running, it like visualizes the running with the music. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yes, it's so oh it's so well done. It's so well done. I love it. Same. Mm. So music was great. Mm. I really liked it. it. It really like like made it for me the fact that it is a classic and it is something that I want to watch and it's kind of timeless if you think about it. And the music, like it, trends are always happening. Trends are always cycling. So like. And for us, I guess, 90s kids, the 80s are, like, the ones that we always gravitated towards. Like, the kids now, like, the 90s, you know what I mean? Oh, that's so, like, true. that's probably also why I'm gravitating towards this movie, based <laughs> on the music. But, <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad you really appreciate it. I, I'm really glad. Um, and there was, like, I don't know if there was a lot of use of silence in this movie, but the one moment that I liked was in the middle of the chasing scene in the uh, finale nightmare uh, when Nancy ran back into her house and she shut the front door, the chase music just stopped abruptly. And, like, you know, that's when she kind of got in, like, sneak mode a little bit. Like, mm. maybe it's safe, you know? And then, of course, when Freddy crashed through again, it, then the music ensued. So, I mean, I thought that was a good uh, use of silence. I don't know if there were any other examples, but... Yeah, there was some crazy sound design in this one. Yeah. It's like noticeably different from a lot of other movies. The ADR was hilarious. Just mm -hmm. like recording. So like um, Rod's scene where he gets um, arrested. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of noise. There's the sirens. Mm -hmm. There's like, oh, I'm cool, I'm cool. If you, <laughs> if you pay close attention, no one's saying anything that you're hearing. So everything was recorded in post and put in there. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of the scenes in this movie. And that's I, like yeah, very noticed. bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it's very intentional. They're like, we need to juice this up because this is mm -hmm. not, it's not working. Right. Um, but I noticed that a lot. Every single scene has a sound like every other second. It's like every little thing was made mm -hmm. intentionally. So the sound design was kind of intensive and really interesting to listen to. A lot of repeating themes, the scratching yeah. noises, things oh like God. that. Oh, like, yeah. They yes. plugged them in like right where they needed to be to set the tone. And it's like they obviously took a lot of time and a lot of care when they developed all of that. It was pretty mm -hmm. cool, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Honorable mention. <laughs> when the mom slaps <laughs> the girl and it doesn't sound like a slap, <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone's just in the background opening their Snapple. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't oh. sound like a slap at all. It was like a weird muffled, like, I, I don't even know what it was. <laughs> she also didn't sell it at all. Yeah. No. It turns the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really? Great. Nice. Good shot. Thanks, Mom. Woo. <laughs> Drunk. That was amazing. Girl. What a scene. Oh, my um. God. <laughs> um... And then, of course, gotta mention again, the 80s rock. Like, especially in the end credits. Like, I loved the music in the end credits. It's, I could just listen to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Honorable mention, I guess. Can I make, um, it's not really audio related, but if I don't tell you right now, I will lose the thought. Do it. We're ta I was talking about how this movie, like, has so many elements that are inspired in other movies, and we just recently watched The Black Phone. Have you seen it? Uh, oh, okay. we gotta watch it. My dreams are just dreams. What? Oh my and god. And right now we were just talking about, well, the girl can see, like, things in her dreams mm -hmm. and, like, she's kind of, like, what a clairvoyant in that uh, way. Yeah. Um, in that movie. But her dad is a drunk and he says, like, no, you don't. Your dreams are just dreams. Say it. Your dreams are just dreams. Mm -hmm. And that scene is so intense. But you Whoa. just reminded me. We talked about the mom being drunk, slapping the daughter, telling her your dreams are just dreams. Whoa. That literally happened in the black phone. 
Oh my god, I might have lost words. Right? I guess it's like <laughs> That's copy so pasted. Cool. When was, do you know what year oh. it was made? When the Black Phone? Yeah. Oh. This year, wasn't it? It came oh, out. Oh, it's this brand year. new? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Damn. It's so good. You should watch it. It's on <laughs> Paramount or Peacock, one of those. Peacock. Okay. It's on Peacock. Definitely cool. on Peacock. <laughs> um, so that is it for audio, unless you guys have anything else worth mentioning. Let me check. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Okay, cool. Then on to visuals. I only have three notes for visuals. Um, the camera angles. Like, they were just so interesting. Like, for oh, example. Oh, yeah. Right? I liked them. Especially <laughs> in the boiler room because there were so many um, angles that you could play with. There's levels. There's, like, grates that you can see through. Oh, the yeah. The camera angles in the boiler room were pretty cool. I love that. Yeah, and... Um Tina, when she has her first nightmare, maybe they did this for everyone, um, but I, it was noticeable with Tina. When she wakes up, they kind of have a, a, a wide on her, like a wide lens, and it's real close up to her face, so her face is very round, and it's kind of like, mm. yeah. makes it look kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like Gara like, and Naruto? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Always. real. Or or Korra in Avatar, when mm. she's poisoned, and they, they sick that oh, yeah. huge wide-angle lens on her, and it looks crazy as hell. Um, oh but I love that. It's like I love their use of lenses, especially, too, and their use of shadows, and like him being in the, when he's in the alley for the first time, and it goes from a tight to a wide to show his mm-hmm. arms, like things like that. They did a good oh, job. Right. <laughs> yeah. They did a really good Pennywise. job. At, yes. Oh my god, for real. Yeah. But also, he had a really big forehead. Um, <laughs> this is true. But they did, they did a Maybe good job. Maybe he did too. He just wore a hat. Uh, you're right, though. <laughs> Showing what needed to be shown at the right time, yeah. basically. Making you feel a certain way when you see the shot. Yeah. You oh, know what? I, have, I do have a note on that. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know how to explain it, and maybe you guys can help me out. Um, every now and then, when they're in their nightmares, it'd be just like, one shot, cut, maggots. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's oh. just right there. And then all of a sudden, we never see it again. And, like, it, it really brings, oh. like, this, like, kind of, like, uncomfortable scare factor. But I don't know if it has a name. Because I know that I've seen that before where, like, in music videos or something, it'll just be, like, a, a little, a little like flash a, of something that makes you uncomfortable. You're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and, a subliminal yeah, like shot. Yeah. Real fast. Real gross. Yeah. And that was another camera angle thing, too. Because it wasn't, like, moving, like, oh, my gosh, what is that on his chest? No, it was just, like, mm. here it is. Just gone. kidding, it's gone. <laughs> that, that you know what? That's kind of how dreams work if you think about it. Mm-hmm. That is right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Continue. But, um, yeah, that camera view with Tina when she wakes up from her first nightmare, I thought it was interesting when they showed the cross sort of in the background, mm-hmm. but, like, nothing was blurred. Like, it focused on both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost symbolic. Mm-hmm. It kind of made me feel weird. <laughs> yeah, the movie looked really good. I was kind of, I mean, and, and I know it's kind of a remastered version, but uh, but I've seen movies from that era a lot, and I think a lot of people have. Those years between like 81 and 88 had a lot of cult classic movies, and this one looks really, really good. I was like, I don't know, you know, what they use as far as equipment versus the other ones or the budget, but mm-hmm. I know Terminator was a lower budget film. Mm-hmm. The special effects didn't look as good. I mean, the special effects in this one aren't great, but the, the <laughs> just the raw footage and the way it was shot, it, it like looks really good, even relative to, to movies today. So that's what I would say too about just the angles and just the shots in general. It was mm-hmm. just was great. Oh, it was it was cool. Yeah. Um, also, a favorite like I guess angle of mine was when uh, Tina was you know being 
lifted up the wall and on the ceiling, yes. you know, bleeding. And you see, like, the camera was, like, next to Rod, sort of. So you see him, like, reaching for her, like, right here. And while Tina's just reaching for him, it was, like, very dramatic. I, I feel like that was, like, the reason why, like, this was the most memorable scene for me. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> that scene was unsettling when I, when I watched it this time through. Because I, f- I feel like it was... It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I feel like the way that they unveil, like, the gore is, like, on levels. So they don't they don't hit it out of the park the same exact way each time. It's, like, a different type of, like, crazy thing that happens. And so her levitating, going to the ceiling, being ripped apart, and flying through the air, like, it normally looks super goofy yeah. in a movie when you see that. Yeah. For some reason, it didn't look like that. Yeah. It looked like something that really could have happened. Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. feel like the tricks that they, kind, that they use in The Exorcist kind of do the levitating and all that. They, like, kind of took that and perfected it in a way for this movie. Oh, yeah. But I remember thinking, like, that looks real. Like, that looks really, yeah, really good. Yeah, it looked like she was being lifted and, yeah. you know, pinned against the ceiling by something that we couldn't see. Her oh. squirming and yeah, stuff. Like, it was yeah. awesome. But, and like, one point of being held down, it was really cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> I love when she gets murdered. <laughs> Her murder is the best murder. <laughs> I don't have issues, guys. I watch it over and over again. <laughs> um... And then there was also the first-person view. I always have to mention that. It's always great. Um, The only one that I remember, though, like as an example for this, was when Nancy was going through her first nightmare when she fell asleep in class. And she was, like, walking down the hallway in school, like, to try to find Tina. And suddenly the camera changed as if we were going down the hallway. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of just like, oh, God, I don't want to see, like, what's around the corner, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) I thought it was why I'm interested to see it in 3D. Oh, it's, like, it's like that old 3D where it's like red and blue. Yeah, everything yes. is kind of like it has that like aberration to it, or it like looks color. It's so bizarre. I remember it. Uh, it was the paper glasses, <laughs> yeah. like you know, like oh, that was the best throwback. 3D. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's many spit takes. So cool. <laughs> so many spit takes in those 3D movies. Too many. <laughs> it was so cool. But on the point of the first person view. The ones I remember the most are Freddy when they when they first person Freddy because everybody's running at like ten oh percent speed God. and looking back and it looks awkward <laughs> as hell and then Freddy's like sprinting and then they first person view and it's just like they're walking behind the like it's the funniest most jarring transition ever I'm sure Freddy's not calmly letting them run yeah, right? two miles an hour behind Michael them. Myers oh my yes. god yeah that's right yes it yeah. was I was like why'd you gotta run like that it was I think it was Nancy when she like turned the corner she was like. They're like GTA NPCs, just yeah. flailing <laughs> and running. Oh, my God. Yes. That is so accurate. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, best first, first person view, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another visual was the lighting, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Nancy's intro to Freddy and her first nightmare. Like when they did like up closes on Freddy's face when he's like come to Freddy and it was kind of like darkish lighting you couldn't really see his face yet it was just it was just creepy you felt uncomfortable you know I I loved it I loved everything, um, <laughs> um and then another moment of the lighting was that um, moment where she was drowning in the bathtub like she got taken and like to this abyss. But, like, while she was in there, you were kind of in there with her, and you saw that little hole of light that she was trying to crawl Just back like through. one source of light. Like, it's telling you this is the only way you can escape. Right. And Good luck getting there because you're being dragged down. You're just like, what the hell is this area that she's in? Do I want to know? Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I thought that was a cool moment of lighting, too. Um, and 
I, I don't know if there were any others that I may have missed, but I, I thought you uh, pointed out something. Like, I didn't write any notes if I did. Uh. And I got a short-term <laughs> memory, girl, so. I, I thought it was something about, like, um, when Tina woke up in the beginning of the movie, he said something about window lighting. Like the window lighting. Oh, yeah, lighting. I really liked how the window lighting looked real. Like, you can uh-huh. tell sometimes when, I mean, it might have been real, I don't even know. <laughs> but, like, sometimes that you can tell that it's just, like, you know, a blue light with, like, some window put in front of it so mm-hmm. it has the shape. But oh, this yeah. one looked so natural to me. <laughs> Low no budget. Light. No. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like moonlight, like the moonlight. Like last night was a full moon. It was really bright out. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. I felt like the lighting was consistent. Mm-hmm. So the whole. So I feel like it's best when it doesn't stand out. Like when you can watch the mm-hmm. whole movie and you're not thinking about stuff yeah. like that. Like it was very consistent and they used those little moments to, to kind of create the artistic expression, like the hallway at the beginning, at the mm-hmm. end, that last scene where it's clearly something's up, you mm-hmm. know, like they're using that to their advantage. But even that even that small, um, that part with Nancy uh, almost drowning, I love how this movie, R-rated horror in the 80s, has very subtle use of nudity. I thought oh that was God. interesting. I was just in it. We, she put it on and I was like, am I going to have to see boobies? <laughs> and you yeah, did, but it was a very natural yeah, way that it happened yes. versus a lot mm-hmm. of other horror movies at the time or action movies where it's like these uh, these crazy sex scenes. I don't know why they're in there. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Like it's just lip service. And you get that hilarious yeah. sex scene at the beginning or towards the middle of oh, the yeah. movie I where it's just on. audio and it's yeah. funny. But like, <laughs> Reality I, sucks. But that's like, this is a serious movie and you have these like horny teenagers, whatever, but it's like a very natural way to do it. And I was like, yeah. that's kind of awesome. Like, like I love how face. they did that. Yes. Ugh, like, agreed. Yeah. It like, feels natural. Yeah. Jason. Oh my God. That's completely different. Yes. Or many first. of the other nightmare on Elm Street movies later. But it's like they took an air pump on those women. Like <laughs> somebody watched nightmare on Elm Street and is like, this is not enough. Mm. We need more. Yeah. Right. It needs oh to be hotter, steamier. Yes. God. But no, I thought I thought that was incredible too. But and the lighting from that from that portion too was pretty crazy. I wonder how they shot that. Right. But no, yeah, so awesome. <laughs> On to scares. So we gotta talk about all these scares, y'all, because like overall, like I didn't feel like anything like jumped out at me. Like I didn't feel remotely terrified. But that's probably because like I've seen this movie so many times already. But oh yeah, um, you turned and asked me like, are any of these jump scares actually scaring you? And they were actually so. They, they, well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I asked the wrong person. <laughs> um, but I don't know if we did this the last time that we had you on with us. But I organized the scares into usually three categories, and they're fake scares, jump scares, and then suspense scares. The fourth one I put at the last minute. It's just other. I have no proper term for it um but fake scares um is with you know rod scratching the window and then he you know football tackles glenn outside at tina's house it was just like oh and it was a familiar scratching sound you know to freddie and the nightmare with his knife fingers and it was a stupid scare but um then there was the jump scares that that's when i was asking jenny like the I just noted all of Freddie's sudden appearances. I know those moments were supposed to be like, oh shit, like he was right there. It didn't scare me so much. And I tried putting myself in that position. To me it did. It, it did. did. It, they were obvious, but I still got scared. Like right. she's walking near a thing of bushes. He's gonna be in the bushes, but I still got scared. And I was like, damn it, I knew it. And I still got scared. Oh, no. <laughs> God. Like, like, what did you think of the jump scares? Like, Well, they had the... That was one of them, mm-hmm. obviously. The 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 one where uh, Rod scares them, 
when he jumps out when he jumps out yeah. there. So he, so Rod jumps out of the bushes later and scares <laughs> Nancy and like tries to murder her even though he says he's not. I'm not gonna hurt you. <laughs> like kidnaps her and says, I'm not gonna hurt you. Um so he so Rod's got a couple. But I thought the only like really true like horror movie jump scare was when she pulls Freddie into the real world and he and he mm. freaks her out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel yeah. like that's like an actual like horror movie jump scare. Because you just don't it, you're instantly like, oh it didn't work and then bam you know like that <laughs> yeah. was a great one. Um, Agreed. But there were other like jump scares especially ones that i remember as a kid um like the first time that we see tina in the body bag at school oh. and she calls nancy and it bam and it hits the you know the camera angle yeah. hits her and you're like oh my god like <laughs> that one that one always stuck out in my head like when i was a kid that was like the scariest part of the movie for me that's crazy yeah spooky. yeah walking into the hallway and seeing her body and then her leg lifts mm-hmm. up like i feel like in a way those are kind of like jump scares you don't see them coming mm-hmm. that's but true. i thought it was very like they did it well. It was, like, tasteful. I, that's yeah. one thing I don't like about newer horror movies, I mean, even in the past, like, 15 years, is they, they're so dependent on jump scares, mm-hmm. and they don't let things simmer enough. Prop, you know, like, there's so much that's unsettling that scares you in this movie. Yeah. And the jump scares kind of add to it. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, it's just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, and it makes it hard to watch these movies. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like constant adrenaline you know what i mean like i need need to come down come back up come down (laughs) so i love how they did it in this movie i thought it was great yeah the body bag was very sixth sense (laughs) oh my god no oh god i think that every single time i'm in a school because i think he was like in in school or something tina low-key has like the best like her character has like the best moments in the movie she's probably loved filming it like (laughs) watching it low-key she looks so familiar to me yeah she does i kept saying that she ended up like i ended up making the connection that she looks like the girl who plays the basket case in breakfast club yeah Yeah. she looks like her but Mm. it's not it's not the same person (laughs) but i was like there's something just familiar about her face (laughs) i think what did it for me with the jump scares what made it feel like I guess too obvious to me was the music that went with it. Mm. I, I know you're supposed to have music that accompanies a jump scare, but I, I feel like because there, there was so much synth, it was kind of like... They primed innovate. you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just like, oh, that that's loud music, but it doesn't sound like the most scary. I don't know, but mm. maybe but that's I, just me. I kind of liked it better than like... I don't I can't think of anything right now besides The Sixth mm-hmm. Sense because that one was full of jump scares, oh, um, yeah. where it's just like all of a sudden violins, like in your face. <laughs> like slappy with sound and a visual, that but I like true. I like this way that it was kind of like you know it's coming, yeah. And like I said, I knew it was coming, yeah. and I still got scared. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, I liked it. <laughs> um, oh, and then of course the jump scare at the very end with the mom who got taken by Freddy through the. <laughs> through the it was like oh, window the mannequin yeah, the go man- up the oh, yeah. Yes, I was like, it was like scary at first. Then it was like, oh. Okay, I guess. <laughs> um, suspense scares. I, I put literally every nightmare in the movie. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, like, walking through this creepy boiler room and you hear, like, the constant scratching of the mm-hmm. knives. And I, it's just every nightmare, you were just at the edge of your seat. At least that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, the boiler room feels like, like Freddy's home turf. His yes. version of hell. It, mm. it felt, it felt, they all felt different. Even though it's the same location, same guy, same idea, they all f- had their own personality. Like, every individual nightmare felt like its own thing. Yeah. That was also, yeah. like, incredible. It wasn't just copy-pasted or it didn't feel overdone. Every time mm-hmm. they, someone entered a nightmare, you're like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going to happen. Something new's coming. Like, you know, it's, 
It was awesome, but yeah, those sus the suspense was wild. <laughs> Drawn out it was good. <laughs> um, another moment, I don't know if this counts as a suspense scare, but it was with <laughs> Freddie's nasty ass hand in Nancy's bathtub, you know, just creeping up there. His mouth's gonna her rust. Is it? <laughs> Oh, God. It was just like, dude, what are you going to... I don't want to know. I don't want to know what you're going to do. So there was that. I was like, gross. Um, and then with Nancy's unplugged phone ringing after she was trying to call Glenn, mm -hmm. she, you know, she hears that the scratching, you know, the familiar scratching, and then she freaks out. She, like, yanks the cord out of the wall. She's like, oh, God, what if Glenn tries to call, you know, you know, wrapping the cord around the phone because now it's, it's useless. So she leaves the room. All of a sudden, it's ringing. And she like slowly turns around like, what the fuck? And of course there's the whole, I'm your boyfriend now thing. I was oh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> why did that have to happen? That's so funny, I'm so sorry. She laughed at that. I'm, See? I'm also upset that I didn't get a good look at it because I also was scared about it. So like, because that's such a cool little prop I, and it's like, blah, blah, blah. I feel like they just threw that in. Somebody watched the movie and is like, the next like nine of these, we got to do like 100% of this the oh whole time. Oh my God, like for real though. <laughs> it, it was just gross. <laughs> That's cool. And I've seen a lot of people like sell that, like their version of that prop with a little tongue sticking out of their phone. God, for real. Oh my God. But yeah. I wonder if kids nowadays, I'm not like trying to bash you kids or anything, but do you know that walls used to have to like hook into walls? Walls used to have to hook into walls. Yeah, man. She's probably like hooking into phones. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're probably like, what? The Wi Fi is still on, duh. Oh, God. It's ringing corded phones yeah right can you imagine they see that prop like at a halloween store they'll be like well how do you put this on the iphone i don't get it <laughs> like <laughs> i can you know what imagine. somebody probably makes an iphone case with a little tongue sticking out oh, gross. if they don't that could be your first product <laughs> there it is that there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> oh god great fantastic but yeah, th those are like the best suspense scares for me uh, um, that I could remember. The, uh, I think it was Tina's dream when he's like, oh my god, with yeah. the long arms. Thank you. This was that, is does god. that count as a suspense one? Considering like we see him for so long just over there. I'm, I think so, yeah. Because, like, you're you're just standing there. You're just seeing this guy with these, like, really long arms just laughing. And you're just like, oh, my God. What's he going to do? You know? Like, it, I would have been scared the whole time. That, that is right. Especially when he goes, like, this is God. You know, like, mm -hmm. showing his weapon, mm -hmm. and, like, up his face. And that lighting, like, beneath his face. It mm -hmm. was just, it, it was creepy. Like, it, that was really good. I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, oh, for, for other the weird fourth category I put for this episode <laughs> was Tina up the freaking wall that whole time. It was like you were just, for me, my heart was racing like, oh, my God, she, she is up there. She is helpless, covered in blood, injured, you know, trying to reach for her boyfriend. Like, what is she going to do, you know? And then all of a sudden she gets slashed, drops on the bed, and you're just left there stunned, you know? Like mm -hmm. that—that's what I got out of it. It wasn't like suspense, like, like you know, sneaky, creepy. This was loud in your face. Would you classify that that type of scare the same as um, the bed blender? <laughs> I, so I have a, I have a thought about this. Uh huh. Um, I feel like the way that, the way that the kills are foreshadowed and led to, and then the way that they ultimately happen, 
is related to like sexual innuendos about the kids themselves. So the way that the way that Tina and Rod are like, oh, we're gonna go make love and be kids, and and that's kind of the, the theme. And Freddie is also, especially in the later movies, a very like sexual innuendo joke type of character. Deadpool. Yes, oh a God. lot like that, where it's like, he, and obviously yeah. the tongue and all that. And, and then when Rod, when Rod gets hung, it's almost like there's a you know appendage. Oh yeah. Oh, I see her. what you mean. And then, hangs oh. but mm. but I but what, I, what I'm saying here with Tina and with uh, Glenn is there's like this, well, for Glenn, not really, but for Tina, there's this long process, right? And, you know, when you're having fun, you need a long process, warm up, you know, all that. <laughs> so Freddie does that, does it very well, and then there's like an explosion. <laughs> and you know what I mean? So that to, so for Tina, I was like, well, maybe that's coincidence. But I kind of, I, that's how I saw it. With Glenn. Oh, no. He's depraved. Oh, no. Nancy oh. will not. Oh, God. You see what I'm saying? Oh, God. Nancy's like, no, 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 stop. Uh, Shuts him down. No, not yeah. now. We're too stressed. Oh, and then he's in bed. He's he's chilling. He's probably, you know, just feeling whatever. And there's this massive explosion immediately. Yes. And he's dead. Mm-hmm. So. He did also say that he was going to watch some hot lady on TV or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. So he's clearly oh. sexually frustrated. Yeah. And when you're sexually frustrated and you have any stimulation, that you know. So I feel like that's how they, oh, see, man. you know, subconsciously kind of like <sighs> built them out. Yeah. Um, and oh you're seeing this movie. I have not thought of that at all. You gave me a really wow. Now when you rewatch it, you probably won't be able to unsee it. I will. Not. Just the way that Tina. Well, it's like the way they do it with Tina is a lot less subtle, and then with Glenn, it's almost laughable. <laughs> but like it's just the way she's moving and then there's the the scratch could have been anywhere but it was here and it yeah. ripped open her shirt <gasps> so it, and the nature of it and it's almost like it was so i feel like they foreshadowed this with the sex scene mm-hmm. because you know oh. they're screaming whatever and it's like way too long like uncomfortably long it's like just yeah. finish already jeez like i feel like that's the killing scene is like he it's stretched out mm-hmm. it's happening too long she's screaming he's laughing whatever and then there's this boom and they're done Holy shit. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, that's it. Podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> that's, wow. that, well, that's, and that's how I feel like they snuck the sex into the movie. Because mm-hmm. like we were saying, it's not heavily reliant on sex scenes and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like in a way that's... And Freddie becomes very much like a sex yeah. comedy character in the later movie. So... I surrender my well, role as podcaster. You can replace me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe I'm completely off and I'm just... I'm just thinking way too much about... I mean, you're, like, on point, though. That was just... Wow. I, I, I can't top it that. It makes too much sense that I'm mad. <laughs> Every little thing. And I now get. I can't damn watch it, it damn again. It, damn it. You know what? It went from being a 9 out of 10 to an 8 out of 10. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 10.5 for me. I love oh. it. But it feels very, very flirtatious. Like the, the, and that's what I would use to describe mm-hmm. like Freddie's method of scaring. It's like mm-hmm. flirtatious. So it, you see that theme repeated constantly, and it gets more and more intense. Oh, so that the, the writer, the writers are brilliant. They did a great job at fitting that in. But at least that was my take on it. Maybe I'm completely Jeez. off. <laughs> well, to conclude the scares uh, sec- section here, like I'm scared <laughs> of seeing this movie again. Uh, yeah. Like. <laughs> But that was great. <laughs> I got tropes on it. So <laughs> I still love that song. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, so usually for the tropes, I always put alive tropes and then kill tropes 
But in this case, since it's an older film, I wasn't able to really come up with a lot of killed or dead tropes in this one. So you know, it kind of set the tropes, though. It because yes. it's an older film, it, it like set the. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, like, like, hence my list of alive tropes. Um, and a couple, the first couple that I wrote down were pretty interesting, and I, I called it Craven's Rule. I don't know if this is strictly with Wes Craven's style. Um, the, the messed up mother, like that, that was kind of a trope too. In this movie, in, in Scream. You know, they always kept talking about how the mom was messed up, always, mm -hmm. you know, sleeping with people, getting drunk, smoking. He just has mommy issues. <laughs> I, I wondered that, and I never looked into the history of, of Wes Craven and, you know, how he grew up. I, I just knew he grew up in a religious household, and he wasn't actually allowed to watch horror movies at all. Like, mm. yeah, it was a lot. He actually didn't have, I don't think he initially had interest in directing horror movies. He... He wanted to direct like a like a like romance or something, but he had to do a horror movie first. Plenty of romance in his movies. Yeah. If you ask me. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. He figured it out somehow. Oh, Living the dream. Oh God, no. Never. And earlier I said bed blender, and now I can't even look at the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, not that kind of blending. Um. So yeah. There's that part of Craven's rule with the messed up mother getting all drunk and shit. Um, and then there was also part of Craven's rule uh, where the first character who is introduced is sacrificed to introduce the main character. Right. Again, happened in Scream as well, where we all thought, oh, Drew Barrymore's character is, is in this, and she's first. She, she's going to be alive throughout this whole movie. <laughs> Dead wrong. <laughs> ah, I see what okay. you did there. Exit stage left. <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> oh, You're God. done. Boom. This will the never chair. end. Give him the chair. Gonna, oh, my God. Shrek, Shrek reference. reference. Oh, my God. Yes. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Um, so, yeah. So, in this case with Nightmare on Elm Street, we get introduced to Nancy after Tina is sacrificed. Mm. So, you know. She had, okay, that fooled me in the first half, not going to lie. Really? That fooled me because I thought, I thought that, who was... I forgot everybody's names. Oh. The blonde chick, I thought she was going to be the main character. Tina. Only because in movies, it's a lot of the time, like, the best friend is, like, the plain Jane brunette. Oh, my God, you're right. So Her. when we introduced mm. Nancy. Well, maybe it's a Wes Craven thing, because Scream opens with a blonde, short hair, getting murdered. You know? True. Oh. So maybe. Same he thing, just brunette. likes brunettes and mommy issues. Did his mom have short blonde hair? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that's too personal. That's too We're personal. Have to Google that. <laughs> Yikes! I'm not. I don't mean any hate. Damn it! They figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, but yeah, I thought those were interesting tropes, at least within Craven's style and directing. Um, and then, of course, no sex. There's always that that trope. No sex. That rule. Um, Tina and Rod. Hello. Uh, <laughs> that that happened. Although. I'll admit, Nancy killed this trope. This was actually the only killed trope, and like it was kind of in in the process throughout the movie that it was alive, and then got it died. And she rejected Glenn, like his like moves that he was trying to make on her while you know Tina and Rod are going upstairs, and she says like, "No, we're here for Tina, not ourselves." And you know Glenn got pissed at that. Um, and then when he went and snuck through her bedroom window, he's you know just laying. 
hands, uh, you know, behind his head, just relaxing on her bed. And when <laughs> she's, like, checking if the coast is clear from her mom, she closes the bedroom door, turns around, and she's just like, if you don't mind, like, like move your ass. <laughs> Please. I love when you read your notes verbatim. She said, she said move your ass from my bed. <laughs> it's a quote. It's a yes. direct quote. Mm-hmm. She did say that. It's in the script. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting that they made this trope alive, and then Nancy was like, nah, not going to happen. And I, it saved her in a way, in my opinion. Um so yeah, then another alive trope is investigating on your own. And in most cases, I mean, that usually happens when you're awake and going outside your house. But this was all like yeah, in... what was that noise? Uh, right, and in your dream, too. Oh, like, yeah. it's it was just, oh, okay. And, and they still, Maltina, in her case, still died from that. Um, Nancy still investigated on her own, but I mean, she's a fighter, so... But um, so strong. Final girl. <laughs> yes. <Material. laughs> um, and then on, on that note with investigating, I, I don't know if this is like a sexual thing. Investigating while you're in your shirt and undies. Investigating after you know doing the do. Like Tina did that. Like come on, you're you're gonna like investigate and only put on a shirt. Come that on. A lot in movies. Doesn't it? Like it bugs me so much. <laughs> Like, I saw that in, what was it? Freddy vs. Jason. After she, uh, the first person in the movie, she was, like, going skinny dipping for seven seconds and then goes, puts on a shirt and undies and runs for her life from Jason. Mm. It's like, oh, cool. (laughs) Um, Another live trope. Oh, okay, I mentioned this before already. Boyfriend sneaking through the bedroom window. That happens. Oh, yeah, you literally said, hey, look, it's Billy. Uh, oh, uh, Billy Loomis, <laughs> Billy Loomis. <Yes. laughs> and Scream. Oh, my God. And and that happens throughout any genres, honestly. Any teen movies, let's be honest. Um, so then another one. It happened in some teens' real life, too. Uh, uh, true. Not mine. Uh, not mine. Not mine either. So does it really happen <laughs> in the teens' life? <laughs> They're lying. <laughs> they lying. <laughs> um, so then another trope was that we're... Yeah, but we're not... Wait. Ah, well. Could that mean something? <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, you know, Latino parents, they wouldn't let that shit happen, let's be honest. Exactly, <laughs> exactly what I mean. It's true. <laughs> They'd end up putting the bars on the windows, like, you know. Poppy sitting on the front porch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> All night long. <laughs> For real, though. Um, so then another trope is where usually the man doesn't believe what is happening to the woman when she, you know confides in him like this weird thing is happening to me oh it's all in your head yeah glenn rod shut the fuck up okay <laughs> you know <laughs> sorry matt that's we are very intense on the men are stupid in horror movies we, we kind of are <laughs> well i mean i don't disagree with you it was also directed by a man so that tells you a lot that the men are the dumbest characters in the, in the movie well i will say this though really quick mm-hmm. um uh, I mean, Rod is in a different category all to himself. But mm. I do feel like Glenn and Nancy's mom both actually have the, the right advice. And they and mm. had Nancy actually listened to them, mm-hmm. then the movie probably wouldn't have happened. Because Glenn had the approach that... Um, I think he had the understanding that he had mastered his dreams. And I, I also think this is why it took so long. Because Freddie never, never has a nightmare. Freddie never stalks him. And I also think because of that, he was kind of more of the skeptic with everything. 
and then it only happens right at the last second, coincidentally, after Nancy is like, this guy's real, this guy's killing everybody, blah, blah, blah. She inflicts the fear, and then Freddie just comes in and swoops in for the kill. Yeah. But I do think that if she had listened to Glenn from the beginning, trying to tell her, like, yeah. you need to give up that power they give you, don't be afraid, whatever, he was trying to give her advice, probably everything probably would have stopped at that point. So I do kind of feel like Nancy sneakily is the reason why everybody dies in this movie happens. She's the fear monger Ooh. in the situation. Ooh. So I don't think Glenn is a stupid male. I think he actually took everything the right way. I think he was distracted because of his his teen, you know, needs. Desires. Yes, his desires <laughs> as a teen male. But um, but yes, I will agree. Rod is a Rod is a complete Rod. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I think his name is also. Kind of That's what I thought suggestive. earlier. <laughs> when you said, when you said no. no sex, Tina and Rod, I was like, Vagina and Rod. <laughs> yes. I'm fucking dead. <laughs> this is a completely different movie now. Oh my god. Um, I do like what you mentioned though about Glenn when he, you know, managed to um, like kind of like turn away from whatever was bothering him in his dreams and he doesn't have nightmares. Because when you said that, I kind of related to Glenn because I'm kind of like that, but for me, like I, for the most part, I don't remember my dreams after I wake mm, up. I wish I didn't remember my dreams. <sighs> I know. <laughs> um, but I, I mention it because a, a while back, and I, I mentioned this in another episode, that when I was a kid, um, I saw this one like entity that it scared the living hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Looking down the hallway, I see it, and it looks like it's floating levitating towards me like black cloaked shadow figure wild hair i look away for a few seconds and i look back and it's gone Mm -hmm. i told my sister that and she's a clairvoyant and and all that and she told me that i may have possibly um turned away from that Mm -hmm. like kind of just you know like like literally but also literally and and literally and also deny it access Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, I, I don't know if, if that was something that Glenn could have possibly experienced, too. But, like, I, I kind of fell for that once you mentioned it. So, mm. I agree. Do you remember your dreams, Matt? Um, Depends. I remember the ones that are more fear-induced mm-hmm. or recurring nightmares. But, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it's like those nightmares that are more annoying than they are scary. Like, being late to gym class. That happens a lot when I feel like things are getting a little out of control. And Mm -hmm. then I get to gym class, I get to my locker, and I don't remember my locker combination. Or it's like a new lock for some reason. That all feels real symbolic. Yes. Because it's just like mundane, but like symbolic in a way. And like you have to remember, Mm -hmm. and you forget in the dream. I forgot my combination, or I forgot I was supposed to be here on time, or whatever. But nothing, nothing like horrific. I used to get really bad nightmares, though, when I was a kid as far as entities and things like that. Really? But not really in adulthood. Um, That's good. Yeah, but I do think it's kind of a fear management thing, an anxiety management thing. Also, Glenn tends to be the more chilled out one throughout the entire movie, He is so chill. Oh, absolutely. His energy is much more neutral, I think, and that kind of reflects in the whole dreaming thing. Gosh. Yeah, I like Glenn. (laughs) And he's Johnny Depp, you know? Yeah. Who doesn't like Johnny Depp? Props jerseys. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Captain Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, with that whole trope with man not believing in, in the woman and what she's going through, it's, well, well mostly for Rod. But her, <laughs> that mom, was a- her mom didn't believe her either. Oh, that's true, yeah. It- Tina barely believed her, and she was the one going through it. There, there was a lot of <laughs> intergender bickering, like, oh between Glenn and Rod. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So and and uh, also uh, Glenn's mom. He she's the one who killed him ultimately. Just go oh. to sleep, baby. Just go yeah. to sleep. It's time to sleep. <laughs> So I, oh no. Yes. I do feel like it was balanced. I will say this. I feel like it was very equal. There was mm. a lot of stupidity to go around and a lot of neglect. But I will say, Nancy's mom is the one who is like, okay, this is what's really going on. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was definitely in there. Finally, finally being a mother. Yes. Finally <laughs> mother. playing her role. Yes. Mama Bear. It took her yeah. 15 years. Yes. And she gave Freddie a nice big hug. <laughs> oh oh no. Cuddles. Yeah. Cuddle time. Cuddle time. Um, another trope, of course, no drinking. Rule number two of Randy's from Scream. Um, Nancy's mom. I mean, need I say more? Definitely broke that rule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many bottles? And she pulls one out of the freaking, the, like, the uh, linen, linen closet. closet. <laughs> I was like, girl, come on. And she looked around like, okay, nobody saw me good. <laughs> and she, straight from the bottle. I was like, damn. <laughs> was it even good liquor? Like, <laughs> Right? I mean, clearly it wasn't since Nancy took one of her bottles and was like, screw sleep, crashes it down. She's just like, whatever, I got another one. <laughs> I have about 15 more hiding around the house. <laughs> that happened in the black phone as well. Oh, my God, that's right, mm-hmm, that's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot. <laughs> she takes his drink and like, he's a drunk, so he obviously needs it. And she's like, like drop it. And he's like, don't you dare. And then she drops it in front of his face. You need to watch this movie. Oh, yes. Black phone. Oh, yeah, okay. so good. I will watch it. Yay. So, yeah, no drinking, and look where that got Nancy's mom. Um, and then last one, and I, I, loved, I loved this trope. Finale in a lower level, like anywhere in a movie. Like, we saw it with us, you know, when um, mm-hmm. the main character was going down that escalator uh, yeah. to that lower level of the, what was it, the fun house or something? Mm-hmm. And then in, in this case, Nancy goes into her nightmare, goes into the bo- boiler room, and, like, she, she's... Oh, no, no, no. No, she goes into the basement first. She, she's from upstairs to her bedroom. She's going from the second floor to the first floor. First floor into the basement. Then basement down to the boiler room out of nowhere. Stairs out of nowhere to there. And then she climbs down a fucking ladder and I'm just like... Into hell. Into, into hell. hell. Yeah. Literally, like, though, because even when she's in the school <laughs> dreaming, because she has to go down the stairs that say no students allowed. Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> They're always just traveling down. Like... That's all you can do, I guess. She just kept going, but I, I thought that was pretty cool for a trope. Mm. Um, but yeah, those are all my alive tropes. I got nothing else. Jenny, um, you want to do that one first? Yeah, no, let's not. Um, <laughs> we kind of touched on it. We kind of did. Yeah, that's true. About Freddy Krueger being a perv, he is. Moving on. Because um. <laughs> they just say that he kills kids, but do they imply... Because I know you guys had mentioned that later on in other movies, they imply that he was like a molester. Yeah, um, particularly Freddy vs. Jason and the remake Nightmare on Elm Street from uh, 2010. They made it seem like he was a, a rapist and a murderer. But, yeah, I and for some reason, I thought that was weird that they did that because I didn't see the sexual innuendos from the original movie. So now I know that the inspiration came from the original movie mm. to make the newer Freddy, I guess, mm-hmm. out to be more of a perv. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> He's very pervy. He's so pervy. Throughout the series. Freddy, why? <laughs> he makes he makes Deadpool look like junior Deadpool. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who makes Ant-Man look like fucking Disney princess? <laughs> uh, let's be honest. Ant-Man's always been a Disney princess. It's true. <laughs> Freddy Krueger. It slash Pennywise. Like... Do we think they're an equal match? Because like I found hella similarities in this, and 
after I list them, I want to try to find like really notable notable differences in both. Um, of course, so both of them can take on any type of form, any different forms to scare their children or whatever. <laughs> the, the long wiggly arms. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, similarity is that both of them are ent- entities born from a disaster. So initially with the It episodes, I had mentioned that it had arrived to Earth in a cataclysmic event. It was kind of similar to like a meteorite or something. And that every time it would emerge uh, for feeding, uh, some weird random disaster would happen and no one would understand why and yet they would accept it. Um, so then in the case for Freddy, you know, he, he was born as a human, obviously. But then, you know, when the parents came and, and they, you know, threw a Molotov at his uh, his lair, and he died in the fire. Like, his dream-dwelling spirit seemed to emerge after that, like, and that's where he seemed to do his hauntings. Um, and then another similarity uh, <laughs> was uh, hauntings being limited to one location or one area. In the case of it or Pennywise, it was in the town of Derry, Maine, because that's where it had arrived in the cataclysmic event. Um, and then with Freddy, it's only haunting kids on Elm Street. And I, I don't know where Elm Street is specifically. There's a it's lot of Elm It's where Sydney Prescott lives. Ah. Oh my gosh, but on Elm. That's right. Um, so I thought that was uh, pretty interesting that they were both limited to a certain area. Um, another similarity was uh, causing children to lose sight of reality. Um, for it, um, it was making the Losers Club, all, all of the members, seeing their worst fears, you know, in whatever form. Um, and in the case for Freddy, uh, teens were being haunted to the point where they didn't want to sleep. So, you know, they were having these, like, um, what, what do you call it? like, illusions, I guess, or something? Hallucinations. Hallucinations. That, that's, that's the better word for it. Um, so they were losing sight of reality while they were fighting to stay awake. Um, and then got another similarity. Uh, they both relied on kids to stay alive or to stay active. And of course, with it, and when it comes out for feeding time, it feeds on their fear. Yum. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> chocolate-covered fear. No, that sounds like shit. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, no. Literally shit. You have shit-covered fear. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, and then for Freddy, uh, he takes their energy uh, and tries to keep his memory alive to make them remember him. So then otherwise, he, his spirit just never lives on. Um, and then last similarity, they're both creepy and ugly. Uh, so <laughs> Straight to the point. Get it. Got it. Good. Both nasty looking. So They are. Yeah. and Especially when Pennywise turns into a... Oh, with the, with the teeth. That, no, no. What the? When oh they're God. bullying him into becoming a little ballsack. <laughs> Gross. Gross. No, thank you. You know what? They're both bullied. Actually, in <gasps> fact, counterpoint. Oh no. Freddie and Pennywise are just victims of teen <gasps> bullying. Stop it. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no. am I wrong? You're gonna sit here and tell me that I'm wrong? Well, Jenny, you did just victimize a child kidnapper, molester, and murderer. So. <laughs> Dear God. Um, so, I mean, do you think at this point, like with the similarities, they could be an equal match? Or mm-hmm. do you think one is stronger than the other? Because I cannot 
figure out. I, I'm dedicated to both. That's why I'm asking this. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm not very familiar with it, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But um, from what I understand, they're both they're both demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put it simply, mm-hmm. and they wreak havoc, and they're like entities. And um, at least for the sake of Freddy, he he's more of a psychological. Um, it's like a physical manifestation of like a psychological condition. So it's like uh. when you go crazy by not sleeping, you're driven by fear, all that stuff, and then you harm yourself. I think the exorcist mm. was kind of similar, like being possessed by a demon. So he's a dream demon that possesses you while you're sleeping. And then mm. your physical injuries are more of just like you, your body breaking down from the stress and everything. The stress and everything lets him in. Mm-hmm. He's not actually attacking you. So I feel like with oh. it, if I understand it correctly, he's like a monster that actually attacks the kids. Versus Freddy is almost like it's not even he's not even real. They're oh attacking God. themselves. It's like mental yeah. attack. Oh. And yeah. then they inflict it on themselves, like a demon possession. Shoot. So in that way, I would say Freddy's probably more powerful uh-huh. because it's a much deeper rooted thing. But I don't know I don't know exactly how it mm. works, how Pennywise works as far as like the actual damage inflicted and all that. Like, how does that work? I think he actually, like, physically eats the kids. Because Freddy's more mm-hmm. vulnerable, I would say, in mm-hmm. that way, too. Like, if you don't believe he's powerful, then he just True. goes away. His weakness <laughs> is more <laughs> away. His weakness is more prominent. Freddy's weakness is more prominent because we know how to. It's just a matter of getting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for Pennywise, like, they had so much trouble figuring out what his weakness was. They ended up bullying him to death. I don't remember. Like, is he killed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they... they what was that? All laws must abide by the shape in which they inhabit. So they, they just got to tell him for what it, make it feel small, mm. basically. So they were just like, they were bullying him. Like, you're a fucking clown. You're just a clown. You're, you're whatever they fear. They're just like, oh, you're they just a mummy. You, yeah, pretty much. Until he, he shrinks up. away. Literally shrivels away. <laughs> and then, and then what? Oh, they pull they, out they, his heart. And they, they just crush it in all their hands. That and then it's him. and then it's over, or is there like a, okay, he's coming back later? Somehow. It is over, because they because in the first because what was it in the first part of it, the kids thought that they had killed it when it had like crawled into its little hole and it was mm-hmm. kind of it was kind of disintegrating, but it was like, pixeling away like Freddy did, right? <laughs> but it was kind of like, like that, <laughs> um, more like uh, Avengers when they. When the snap oh, happens, oh, it like dusted yes. away. Yeah, he was like starting to dust away, and then he just like crawls back into his hole. He so got they were, snapped. Like, yeah, he got snapped. <laughs> <laughs> but <the> like, <laughs> but it was kind of like that. That um, what was it? That rule that I said where you don't, you don't know when someone is dead in a horror movie until you see them completely yeah. die. Right. Right. So in the first part of just it, ask like, Officer Dewey. <sighs> Stop it. That still hurts. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but yeah for the first part of it you don't see Pennywise completely die like he just he kind of disintegrates a bit and then he just falls and you don't see like the completion you know Mm -hmm. and so then they're they're just like okay we swear that if it comes back we're gonna actually try to kill it this time and that's when part two happens Mm. they actually kill it for real and then it's over so yeah um I would say also an, another weakness for Freddy is that when he, because there were at least two movies for Nightmare on Elm Street or for Freddy where they try to pull him from dreams into the reality, you mm-hmm. know, to like physically grab him. And 
it seems to give the impression that he is more vulnerable in the real world, that he is incapable of like killing like he can in the dreams. I, I don't know if I'm right about that, but then that makes me think if, if that's the case, then Pennywise would have the upper hand because he like, he attacks kids straight on like in the real world because he, he's the eater of worlds, you know? He, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't abide by any rules whatsoever. But that's like an anime issue, like power scaling. Mm-hmm. So like it's like season to season, everybody's just noticeably more powerful for some reason. And like with Freddy, he's going toe-to-toe with Nancy, you know, basic Nancy, human Nancy. And by the end, more or less the end of the series, he's going toe-to-toe with Jason, who's this mythical, unkillable, super god creature thing. <laughs> I guess more like Pennywise. I, maybe that would answer that debate, because he's more, Jason probably more like Pennywise, but like he's, he's like fist fighting with Nancy and wrestling with Nancy and can't win that battle, but then somehow magically he, you know, he goes toe-to-toe with Jason, ultimately dies, but like Yeah. So I don't understand that. Like, to that point, it's like they just power scale them. They're like, well, it would be a fun matchup, like, whatever. But technically, <laughs> he just fought Nancy, and Nancy won, so. Right. Yeah. It's, it would be tough. It, it would be probably getting to the point, like, in Freddy versus Jason, where he tries to knock Jason out and then just puts him in his turf. Mm-hmm. That's probably what he would probably try to do to Pennywise. And, yeah, I think in the end, Pennywise would probably be more powerful, mm. I think. I think they have, they both have similar, lots of similarities. Yeah. But I think they live on different realms. Very different. Uh, different rules. Different, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I thought I'd mention it because, like, they, because I just kept thinking, like, about Pennywise, and, like, whenever I saw Freddy, I was just like, wait a minute, this is so similar. And, and I thought at first, like, wait, was one trying to copy the other? Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot what it was because... This movie, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, came out in 1984, and then it, well, the book technically came out in 1986, but Mm. it was a project that Stephen King started in 1981, Mm. and the script for Nightmare on Elm Street was written in 1981. So it was like, oh, shit, it's so weird that with these similarities, also, both of these, the movie and the script, or no, sorry, the script and the book were written at the same time. Yeah. So I, I thought collaboration going mm-hmm. on there or something, right? Like yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was worth mentioning. So. Or Wes Craven read it and he's like, <laughs> he's like, huh? Got mm. uh, some ideas. <laughs> yeah. Now add a mom and sex. Oh my god! <laughs> if that's like the recipe for a Wes Craven movie, I swear to God. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, you know, I'll watch this movie again. You guys probably will, too. I had something else to say. Yeah. What else? I don't remember. Okay. I remember. (laughs) There is this, and I don't remember any details. Mm -hmm. Somebody could probably Google it and find it if you want. I'm not going to do that for... Anyways. (laughs) There's this philosopher dude who says that when you die, your spirit, your soul, whatever it is, is like in this, like, waiting room. And you can only leave when everybody on Earth, on this physical plane... Um, who remembers you can die. So, like, mm. Freddy comes back because people remember him, right? Yeah. But in this philosopher's case, like, if people are always remembered, then they'll never actually die. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, so I just wanted to make that parallel between Freddy and this guy's philosophy, I guess. 
Oh my god. The legend lives on basically. As yeah. he as he's mm-hmm. a legend, he lives on. So yeah. like for oh. example, like Michael Jackson, Selena, all those like big pop names that they'll never be able to fully rest because they're always gonna be remembered. Oh god. Which is why I think he didn't that's why he didn't kill Nancy at the end of the movie. Oh that's why I think he didn't kill her. Mm-hmm. I did write oh that one of my note was just ending unclear. Uh, yeah. Does the second movie take us back to where that one ends, or does it just new Freddy's, story? Freddie's playing the long game for the second one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember. The second one starts with a with a killing. No, it's like a different movie. Nancy doesn't mm-hmm. come back until like the, the Dream Warriors. She becomes a psychologist. Oh, mm-hmm. fun! Yeah. yeah. That that's yeah. why I like the first one and the third one. I sometimes mm-hmm. skip the second. I'm just like that's completely unrelated. <laughs> I was like, what, Freddy's Revenge? Re- revenge on who? This new character? <laughs> I thought the first one was Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> Mislead. <laughs> Freddy's real, actual kind of revenge now, this time, for sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But, yeah. Then, <laughs> the crucifix plays a really big part in this. And it's, like, in his song, too, right? Like, Grab Your Crucifix? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't know if it was just, like, a 1980s thing, where it was just, like, religion plus horror. Because not a lot of horror, well, I mean, yes, a lot of horror movies obviously, like, play into religion because religion is such a security blanket for a lot of people yeah. that, like, having that taken away is just kind of like, ugh. But, like, I was wondering, because both, both Tina and Nancy grab a cross at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there, is it because he's a demon? Like, why are we adding this? I, I think that's mm. why. I think there's a lot of, like, um, religious, specifically um, Catholic Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not directly stated, because she also says, I was saying this uh, earlier to, I was watching it with my wife and I was saying, I think this is right, I think I remember this, but typically before kind of the final battle or the, or the killings happen, uh, you'll hear the Lord's Prayer. So like they oh, yeah. went out of their way mm-hmm. to have Nancy say the Lord's Prayer before going into her battle to kind of take strength oh, from, yeah. from God. Oh. So I, and, and I do think that um, pretty directly, Freddie is like a dream demon. Yeah. specifically mm-hmm. and he's born of fire and he's also afraid of fire that's kind of his weakness um wow. so i i i don't know why anyone hasn't tried holy water or some oh something. yeah yeah you know something like that because because oh. my note is literally like she grabbed it and hugged it like did it actually do anything or was it just like her own belief system that's trying to keep it away yeah you wonder why they don't have it in a dream or something like yeah. the actual crucifix itself mm-hmm. like some type of use of it but i feel like it was kind of subliminal like the sexual innuendos or like a subliminal thing that's almost underneath it's not super direct. I kind of feel like it's the same way with the religious. You, the way you element. mentioned that it's like specifically Catholic religion, mm-hmm. it like we said, no sex. That's premarital sex. That's one of the sins, right? right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, divorce. We mentioned divorce. We mentioned drinking. Yeah. Like all of those things are like rules uh-huh. for the Catholic Church, I guess, that are like bad. These are the bad things. It's so like, like it kind of makes sense. Themes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. And then and then like he says like this is God and he's like pointing at his fucking. Mm-hmm laws or whatever so which is something satan would say yeah yeah shoot see i was wondering about that part that i i couldn't understand that that this is god thing when he points at his uh his glove but now that makes sense (laughs) now i know Mm -hmm. um you have any more notes yes (laughs) i (laughs) i unfortunately remember my dreams a lot Mm -hmm. right yeah sometimes i'll do that thing where i'm like half awake and still dreaming unfortunately mm-hmm. it's terrifying okay not being able to be in control because i know people that can like be in their dreams and they can choose like i'm gonna open this door now and i can only do that sometimes and i haven't like practiced and i'm too scared to i'm not gonna mm-hmm. but but i was kind of scared to watch this movie 
I remember telling you, and we watched it late at night, and I was like, because my brain will take somebody's theme and somebody's story and like run with it in my dreams. That like then, in, yeah, and then I watched like, it in daytime because of that. Yeah, oh my gosh. and I, I'm, I'm so, so glad. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so glad that that didn't happen with me, and I think it's probably because it was like the '80s, and it's like kind of I could deta- detach it from myself in that way. Oh. But I don't know, and that's why I asked earlier if you remember your dreams because. I feel like dreams, the subconscious, it's a whole ass fucking can of worms that like, there's so much to mm-hmm. explore and every single individual is different. So, mm-hmm. and kind of like how the dreams were all individually different in, in the movie, like Nancy's dream was different than Tina's dream, for example. Oh yeah. I don't remember the point I was trying to make. <laughs> that it's intense that you're in yeah. that half state between yeah. awake and asleep. Exactly. So well, I was scared of dreaming of that and like a real quick note on that i also loved how they seamlessly went between dreaming and awake Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's like very real like when you're exhausted that happens all the time Mm -hmm. where you suddenly find yourself asleep where you suddenly wake up and you're like i can't believe i was dream. like you know i didn't feel like i was asleep Mm -hmm, or you're mm -hmm. in that weird half sleep zone where time doesn't exist and you're unsure what's going on yeah like that was awesome i did i did turn to you a lot of the time and said are we dreaming now oh my god (laughs) are we dreaming now no (laughs) Like when she was, um, where was it? I don't remember. I think she was walking through her house and I turned to you and I was like, are we dreaming now? Oh my <laughs> or something. God. Oh, she went to go see Rod in jail. Oh, okay. I asked you, I was like, is this a dream yet? Like, I want to know when it's happening because it's so seamless. Like you can't really tell when, like until he pops up that it's like, oh shit, she was dreaming this whole time. So they must have yeah. made a decision there. Like, do we make it obvious that they're asleep or do we kind of, you know, toe the line and blur it a little bit? Mm-hmm. And I so happy they did that because it's so hard to tell mm-hmm. you're just questioning cool. everything the whole time you know at a certain point nice and then was it all just a dream <laughs> oh god we'll be together yeah. like should we do we do i don't know the words <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um also last question what's with the sheep or the land the goat whatever they the use the lamb of lamb. god Sacrif- tina's a sacrificial lamb i'm stupid where when? What? They, they showed one in the beginning. Oh, uh, in Tina's yeah. dream. When Tina's in the hallway and the and the she, the sheep is the first thing that greets her, she gets scared and startled. It's a sheep that walks by, a white sheep. Was it looking away? Probably. Oh, it might have been. Yeah, that's definitely a biblical reference. They she, should, yeah. Tina's a sacrificial lamb that gets it all wrong. Yeah. <sighs> Why did I not think about that? I didn't. Okay, They're but everywhere. it makes sense because you're not. I mean, I don't think you were raised in religion, so it makes sense that some of those things kind of. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I love, I mean, I love, like, studying different religions, but I also took a Bible course in college because we were required to. And so I learned, I never read the Bible, but I learned a lot about it mm-hmm. because of that. And it's everywhere. Like, all television shows that are, especially American-made ones, have some elements of religions, but specifically Catholic religions. And mm-hmm. it's like, the themes are everywhere. Shoot. So this one was a big one where they did it seamlessly. Because you don't really, it's not right on the nose, but... It's like there somewhere, like some deep part inside of you is like, this is really familiar mm-hmm. and I don't know why. And oh. that's the part that kind of uses those themes. So I like, they did an amazing job at like layering them in and making them feel natural. But also like, if you do figure it out, you're like, oh, of course, like, you know, so like, but yeah, I love it. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm wondering if it was um, like due to Wes Craven's background, since he grew up in a religious household, like that would make sense. Just kind of like holding on to to those um, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, to those religious ties, mm-hmm. I guess, and kind of like incorporating it with the movie. Mm-hmm. Expressive. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was very interesting. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to look at this movie a lot differently now. Religion. <laughs> Sorry. Sexual innuendos. <laughs> it's still a good movie, I yeah, promise. It's still <laughs> awesome. Still great it angles, great, great sound yeah. design. Oh, my God. The makeup, you know, the red and green sweater. I'm, I'm just trying to think about the stuff I'm familiar with. Nancy <laughs> had some awesome lines. Oh, my God. All you had to do was stay awake. And what did you do? You shit. shit. <laughs> I legitimately like, laughed. That's Glenn, funny because when he was asleep and I was like, you had one job. He has just like, wait till she wakes up. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Gave him shit. Did not disappoint. I feel like the, the director or the writer, maybe not the director, but the writers or whoever just kind of held her back because she has these moments that are just oh. like, that's you're not acting like that the rest of the movie. Like, what do you, that was amazing. What do you, the rest of the movie is like good. Mm-hmm. And she has a moment where you're like, oh my God, you're hilarious. Like, where, where did this come from? Yeah. Right. So I wonder... We should. I should check out more movies with her. But like, I, I wonder what it would be like if she was a little bit more free. Yeah. Do you think that was also because um, the concept of the final girl? When did it kind of happen? Uh, like when was the? Because I know there's like a shit pile of movies that have like a final, like a strong final girl. I feel like in this one, in this case, it feels like yes, we have a final girl, but it's equally important as Freddy. Like mm. our villain and our final girl are on equal plane to me in this movie. Mm. I can kind of see that, though. And, like, now we kind of idolize the final girl, like, how strong, how resilient she is, how resourceful she is. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know if that was just, like, because it was just beginning and it wasn't, like, people weren't going to movies to see a strong, resilient final girl. They were going to see, like, horror. I don't know. I want to say Alien. Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Oh. Similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also that's, like, a monster, you know, like, yeah. kind of different. But, like, I do feel like she arms herself in a way that puts her on an even playing field. Mm-hmm. Terminator kind of, but there's also a lot of stuff that goes on there. But mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of movies of the time as well, like from this time period. But there's, but in the 80s are filled mm-hmm. with female-led badasses mm-hmm. that at least I think were not, it wasn't done like deliberately. Like we need a woman, female, yeah. strong, it was just, it just happened to work out that way. But yes. they're legitimately awesome. Like yeah. they're awesome. It's like, it's a <laughs> yeah. perfect fit. And yes. like, Th- that's what I love about these movies too is like it doesn't feel like an agenda it just doesn't feel like modern where it's just yeah. like what are we where it's doing? like we're shoving it in your face yeah, and you have just, to see this you know queer character it's because un- we're putting it yes, in there kind it's of uncomfortable thing. it's just like why are, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing like this is so natural like yeah. you, you buy every second of what's going on with her and like yeah like Sigourney Sigourney Weaver and like Sarah Connor like those characters like Sigourney's an actress but mm-hmm. those Ripley those characters are like they evolve into these badass women and you see that happen over time, and then they have their moment. And I feel like Nancy did that. Like, she evolved into... She showed flirtations of it at the beginning, being, mm-hmm. like, resilient, kind of being stubborn, like that. Yeah. But she, she was very, like, curious the whole time, always investigating. Like, <laughs> yeah. she was planting the seeds of, like, this girl's, like, going to fuck this guy up at some point. Yeah. You know, like, she's right. going to figure it out. So I thought that was probably the best part of the movie in general. Like, the most, like, thing you can look back on watching it now, like, in this day, and be like, this was a really good movie. Like, yeah. she's a female protagonist, and she's awesome. And she fucks up Freddy Krueger. It's <laughs> so much fun to watch. It but really is. Yeah, yeah. I, I love watched it. it again later today. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Absolutely. We agree. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us on here again. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is always so much fun. Yeah. It's the best. I love it. And and of all movies, this one, because this one's one of your favorites too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Grew up oh on this. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Friday the 13th. I mean, there's there's plenty more. 
There's about a, there's about a thousand movies between Michael Myers, Jason <laughs> Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger, so we could go deep, deep, but yeah, I love these movies. The Golden Trio. <laughs> the Golden Trio. Name a better trio. I'll wait. God, <laughs> Harry, Hermione, and Ron, duh. I mean, okay, true. But <laughs> Harry Potter reference. Chloe, Courtney, and Kim. Hell no, oh I swear to God. We never mentioned that this is part of Slash Timber. This is part of How Slash Timber, everyone. <laughs> you could have added that in post. Slash Timber. <laughs> so fun. This is Slash Timber. <laughs> this is our second week in Slash Timber. You know, we had to do it with Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, how can you not? So for more Slash Timber content, go ahead and follow us on our Twitter page at Convo's Room. That is also the Cutting Room Convo's podcast. And go ahead and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And then we will see you all next time. Stay in tune for the rest of Slash Timber. I'm Yasmin. I'm Jenny. I'm Matt. And I'll be right back. And don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> Cutting Room Convos was recorded at our home studio. All opinions are our own and we do not represent any companies mentioned. Today's episode was on A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 1984 film directed by none other than Wes Craven. Follow us on Twitter at Convos Room. Hope you enjoyed. <laughs>